I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. Greed, deception, abuse of power, that's no plan. They, they just gatekeep knowledge, you know? They're, they're to total masters of deception. They manipulate everything. You know, these, these pricks at the helm that lie to us. It's... I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. These allegations are false, and I need to go back to work for the American people. They're, they're setting it up for the Great Deception. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it all revolves around the Great Deception. Yeah, right? it, bingo. And L.A. and I talked about that. I said, L.A., is this the Great Deception? And he didn't hesitate. He said, absolutely. I never used to question before, and now I question everything. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. The world needs a wake-up call. We're going to fall it in. And welcome to the Great Deception Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Thanks for joining me. Guys, tonight we're back and we got a great show for you ahead. I got the great Matthew Smith from the Marvelous Old World, we're going to talk Chicago, 1893, specifically the construction photos, the architects, and all of the shenanigans that we see with the photo manipulation in some of these construction photos. Before we get to that, though, I want to take a minute here to thank all of you for supporting the show while we were kind of on hiatus, while I was coaching my son's baseball team. And a uh, couple new patrons. I want to thank Dan. I want to thank Mache. And I want to thank Franco. Guys, I truly appreciate my patrons uh, for donating the way you do, contributing to the show, uh, the interaction that we have over there. And if there is anything you want to see on the Patreon, let me know. I will dig into it and get it going for you. I got a couple different shows in the works. Like I said, this was a great conversation with Matthew. Guys, if you want to help support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash the great deception podcast. You can go to Spotify and Apple and leave a review. It's greatly appreciated. And uh, you can also go to our Teespring and check out these wonderful t-shirts we got in the store. So it's been, I know it's been a while. Uh, been out of touch a little bit other than the master debaters. And I want to get back into some deep dives and bring in you guys some cool stories and shows and interesting topics that I'm coming across. And man, there is no shortage today with all the madness going around and all of the peep eyes on the deception of the past. We're starting to put some chinks in the armor and that's what we wanted to do tonight was to go through some construction photos 
and guys i've i've read cd arnold's book i've seen william henry jackson's photo collection i've gone through hundreds if not thousands of world's fair photos and chicago you know me it's my background for a reason it's the one thing that has lured me into this and it will be the thing that i look into until the end because the narrative does not match up with what we see so we're just calling out inconsistencies now do we have the answers as to actually what this is and what did they do and why did they do it no we don't and that's why we keep digging but the beautiful thing is you get great minds like matthew with his architectural background you get some other folks with their background and we're getting guys i always appreciate feedback on these shows because there are some people out there that know have information on this and it's useful and share it don't be afraid you can do it anonymously i'll, I'll be glad to take what you have and you know give you credit anonymously if, if that's what you want but the more eyes we have on this stuff the more people that we have looking at it the more chips and chinks we can make in their armor and in the end that's the name of the game we're just looking for some truth here and what we've been fed is lies deception and manipulation and it's frustrating you know, how many times can somebody lie to you before you, you question them or you just totally discredit their opinion? Well, looking at things here, there's a bunch of things that just don't add up. And Matthew and I take a look at that here tonight. So if you uh, are interested, like I said, you can hop on the Patreon with us. We're having a great time over there. Keep checking out Monday Night Master Debaters my favorite show to do every monday night and then uh this one guys let me know what you think about this this is the one and only the great matthew smith i'd like to welcome my good friend and one of my favorite people not only to talk to but to talk old world my friend over at the uh, Marvelous Old World. And guys, check out his page because he just put up another outstanding video this past weekend. And uh, you all should go watch it on some free energy possibilities, um, just the, the whole electricity of the realm. And I think that's going to tie in, interestingly enough, with what we do a little bit tonight. But tonight we're going to focus on the Old World Chicago our favorite, one of our favorite topics in a loop that I can't seem to get out of it, but it just fascinates me. And, and, uh, so let's welcome my good friend, Matthew Smith. How you doing, brother? I'm doing wonderfully. Thank you, Matt. It's great to be back here with you. Looking yeah, so forward we, to this conversation, man. Uh, we've been trying to get together in our past, just couldn't hook up. We got the, uh, you know, the capes of fatherhood on our back. So that obviously mm -hmm. comes first, but yeah, I've been waiting to do this, and and for anybody listening, it's probably going to be a heavy uh, video episode, so you're going to want to go over and check out the videos on this, because basically what we want to run through is is some of the construction and the architects of the good old World Fair of 1893, the Columbian Exposition, mm -hmm. and I, I know you're with me on this, Matthew, that you know, there's just, uh, shoot, wrong one. Let me, can I switch? 
Nope. Hold on. Let me restart that. Uh, that it just doesn't add up, right? We're talking about marshland here, okay? We're not talking about the most optimal of conditions, and we're talking late or early 1890s, late 1800s. And these gentlemen performed what we would say is a miracle. Yeah, I mean, the extents of the fair are mind-boggling when you get into it. Um, Howdy Mikowski's book, Exposing the Expositions, does a really good job of of slicing and dicing, you know, all, all the numbers. And you have like 690 acres of, like you said, swampland that was transformed overnight or within two years uh, as the history books recollect, within two years, it's turned into, you know, something that at least from the images looking back at it, marvels anything that we can see in, in Europe, you know, Paris and in Rome and so forth. And I really, Matt, I really want to get into at some point, I want to get into the idea of the temporary buildings. And I don't want to get too far ahead right now. But um, the whole question of them being temporary buildings. And of course, that's what we're going to be looking at squarely with the construction photos. Um, but we have uh, 14 buildings, the 14 great buildings, like the manufacturer's hall and stuff. Um, and again, not to get too far ahead, but you know, 17 acres for a single building that fits 300,000 people. And that's just one of hundreds of buildings that were put up in... Um, I'd say record time, but in, in an impossible timeline, considering they also went through two brutal Chicago winters. And um, I cut my teeth as a contractor in Chicago, Matt. Uh, my uncle uh, it was a, a, um, a roofing contractor, and I went out there for three months into the winter doing roofing in the Chicago suburbs when I was 20. And talk about brutal conditions it's it's no joke so you know the you know we have to keep all of that in mind uh when we look at the narrative as it's presented uh, historically yeah absolutely it's one of those that you i mean listen even by modern day standards it's not plausible you know i mean we look at it and let alone the fact that they supposedly did all this in less than two years right we put up over 200 buildings like you said before, landscaped meticulously and immaculately almost 700 acres of land. And and then you get into some other things. And one of the guys we want to look at tonight is C.D. Arnold. To add to the mystery of the fair, so to speak, or the mystique of it, he was given sole rights to photo uh, take photographs of the construction. Yeah, so Arnold is the official photographer of the fair. He's one of two uh, photographers whose you know work that we still have um, that we can look back on. And it is interesting because when you read about Arnold, first of all, he's just one of these like he's kind of in line with what I call these phantom architects. Like they just come out of nowhere. He came out of nowhere. He was a nobody from New York. He showed up in Chicago, and all of a sudden. He's appointed to be the, uh, you know, the official photographer of, of the world's uh, expo. And so that's suspect, you know, and then we can get into uh, the um, the historian. Uh, you've talked a lot about H.H. H. Bancroft, right? Yep. 
Um, and that HH to me is like a dead giveaway because, you know, I did videos recently on HH Richardson, uh, who is supposedly responsible for the American uh, Romanesque style of architecture that we see all over the country. Um, another one whose history is just really suspect once I started looking into him. He was he was one of my heroes, architectural heroes. Um, but that HH, like, so somebody pointed out to me that the H represents three because it's three lines. So HH is 33. So, you know, do do with that what you will. Well, yeah. And and HH, hidden hand, right? I've heard mm -hmm. you say that before as well. And, it's And we know how they love to play with the numbers and they love their symbols. And it would not surprise me whatsoever because what we see are these... <laughs> gentlemen who were capable of monumental tasks and not one monumental task, but multiple. And where did those guys go? How come we don't have them today? You know, it's like, it's almost like they, they had a story to tell and they need these characters and they ran out of characters. So they just started saying, Oh, well, he could have done this too, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I see this with baseball also not to get too far off track, but <laughs> they, they give credit to Abner Doubleday who is a known Mason. He was a, uh, a civil war general and he had nothing really to do with the creation of the game, but they had to give someone credit for it. And mm -hmm. he's the guy now that most people credit for, even though he had nothing really to do with it, but so, mm -hmm. no, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. But so when you say, where did they go? Do you mean like there were such great men of the past and and what happened to people what happened to that kind of greatness is that what you mean in sarcastically yes you uh, know like we don't have these men that can that are are doing different fields and excelling and performing these tasks you know everybody tends to specialize nowadays and mm -hmm. and it's it's just so funny how some of these guys and you know a lot of them even looking at a guy like daniel burnham you know the director of this I mean, his story is just, he, he fails at everything. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden he, he finds a rich, uh, you know, one of the wealthiest men in America's daughter happens to marry her. And then his career just takes off. And he's, again, he's, he's on, on the rocket ship performing these immense um, yeah. projects. But when you look at him and I just, I, I had just been digging back into him recently. I forgot. He built a hotel in Kansas City in 1886 called the Midland Hotel. And hmm. by 1888, it had collapsed. Hmm. And okay. this is the same man who three years later, you're going to give run of probably the biggest project in, in America at that time. If we're going to, you know, look at it that way. Yeah. He's one of those, you know, what I like to call phantom architects, like no, you know, no formal training. Um. He he did not he applied to and did not get accepted into Yale and Harvard. Uh, he was so he he learned drafting by working for another architect. But yeah, like you said, he was he was a failed businessman, a failed gold miner, a failed this and that. And then after a series of failures and being basically like a low level drafter, he meets his partner Root of Burnham and Root. So it said on the street. Uh, just a, a, a random encounter and they get together and form one of the most powerful architectural firms and um you know cr with with the kind of creative genius that could you know 
construct, design, and create a, a, a brand new civilization. It, it just, yeah, it's just one of those storylines that falls apart uh, once you start, you know, the scratch and sniff test. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, even I laugh because I, I, I bought the Constructing the Fair book. That's the, you know, collection of Arnold's uh, photographs that I'm showing here. And it's interesting because the, even the cover itself, it's mm-hmm. it's got a see-through cover on it with a, a lithograph on top of the building. But then if you take the cover off, you know, and I, let me see if I can, you can see it here. So you have the building and then when you take the cover off, come on, it's just what it was beforehand. Uh, okay. So it's, you know, it's kind of one of those, oh, look, this is what we started with and this is what you got. Yeah. And it's, it's so, it's almost ghost-like in appearance. You know, it's this, it's this lingering image that kind of haunts there. Like, well, maybe some of this was there before. And that's, that's kind of why, what I wanted to talk to you about, you know, being that you have an architectural background and, you know, looking at some of these photos and I laugh because I started going through this book, The Constructing the Fair by, by C.D. Arnold. And I started noting the dates just to see, you know, look at some progressions. And some of the progressions, it says like in two months, it went from a shell to a fully finished building. Right. And then and then you start researching it and you're like, well, this doesn't make sense. How is that possible? Well, then you go into C.D. Arnold's archives and they say, oh, well, there were some some dating errors on the photos. What? I'm like, mm-hmm. you are the single person in charge of this, and you're telling me you misdated some photos along the way, some very important photos. It just, uh, it especially just considering, up, yeah, no, especially considering that you know Arnold was under such strict orders. So first of all, if you weren't an official photographer, uh, then you were it, you were completely prohibited from taking any photos unless you paid a lot of money for a special permit. Right. And it was an exorbitant amount of money for the time. It was as much for one day's worth of photos as it was for most people's hotels for their stay. Right. So, so there was a, a, a big control that came from the very top down to control how the fair was going to be presented in any of those photos that Arnold took were going to be the representation of what they were trying to promote at the fair to the world. They were going to appear in magazines and newspapers across the country. And, you know, this, this is, they wanted to carefully curate, you know, whatever image they put out. And Arnold himself was under strict orders not to take certain types of photos. Like he was told, at least in the book, the biography that I read, he was, he was told not to take photographs of the construction and so we're going to get into the construction photos here. And, and Matt, one thing I want to note about these construction photos: the more I the more I stare at them. I mean, first of all, they're 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 always so surreal and grainy and vanilla skied and you know pixelated, and they're just they're very strange. Like when you hold them up side by side with the actual um, you know fair photos, which are high resolution, beautiful, crisp. Um, perfect lighting shadows the whole thing and um i feel like what i'm looking at is the magician's trick i feel like i'm sitting in the audience watching the magician trying to see when he flips the cards or 
you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, does, does, you know, makes the thing disappear, disappear behind the, behind the, 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 the curtain or something. And, and we're staring at his hand while over here, you know, the cards are being swapped out. And that, yep. that's just the impression I get. I'm staring at the magician trying to figure out his trick because I, you know, in mind unveiled did a great video uh, into basically you know, early Photoshop, so to say, um, and how they were perfectly capable of of manipulating photography. And I'm not, you know, it's, it's not in my wheelhouse, um, but there's all sorts of techniques to present an image that you would uh, um, want to create and project uh, through early photo manipulation. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I, I, I laugh at, too, because one of the other official photographers of the fair was William Henry Jackson. And mm -hmm. even in his book, in his collection, it says that it's a mixture of renderings and photographs. And some of them, it's tough to tell which is a photograph and which is a rendering. Now you also wonder, okay, well, maybe they melded the two at some point. And you've, I've seen examples of that where they will, you know, pencil in certain parts of the building and it's not really there. Right. But like you said, ever what what drives me nuts is is the the vanilla sky effect and it just when you look at it with your eye something seems off. You know, you just I I've been looking at these photos and anyone that's, you know, really interested in it, I, I've, you know, I got a stack of books here that are just on the uh photography of the fair. I have hundreds of photos that I've spent countless hours looking at. And you know, when you, you, you're looking at like an AI face, it just doesn't look real to you. There's mm -hmm. something off about it that your spidey senses are saying to you, no, this doesn't one in one does not equal two here. And yeah, let alone a, you ask analogy. People, yeah. You ask the people too, uh, you know, architects and engineers, landscapers, is this possible? And or what would it take for this to be possible? And and the amount of workforce that they would need, e even eliminating all work safety standards, right? And going back to the time, they're like, it just doesn't, that doesn't sound realistic to me. No, it's, it's like the pyramids, you know, oh, yeah. slaves, you know, no, you can't just throw bodies. And that's the thing. It's like, yeah, we had 40,000 highly skilled craftsmen that had just arrived from Europe and that sort of thing. It doesn't work. Construction sites don't work like that. Just a simple house. There's, there's, there's phases of development where you have to bring in different crews from different disciplines at different times. It's highly, highly, highly coordinated. And they say the planning for this, um, Howdy Mikowski points out in his book that the, uh, the planning of this is given one month, you know, so one month to plan six, you know, almost 700 acres. Now we got the blue screen. Um, 700 acres of extraordinarily uh, um, complex buildings. And he, here's one thing I want to point out. You know, there's this idea that, well, they were just temporary, right? So let's get into that. Hey, before you do. Yeah, and I hold your place because I do want to go there. But these two photographs make me laugh, Matthew, because <laughs> these are two statues. Okay, so mind you, this is one statue. It you know, um, and this is the amount of 
of workers. And for those of you listening, it's what that's two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, probably about 16 workers uh-huh. for one statue. Okay. Now we'll go to the next one. This is a horse statue. Mm. And there's probably what 50 people there that that are working on this one statue. And and, and so again, they're they're showing us, okay, it took this many people to work this fine art. But then how many people would it take to do the buildings? And and going back to what you were saying before about uh, it being temporary, right? Are, are all of these buildings temporary? No, I, I we learned that because some were kept. But why would you only save one or two of these? Yeah, keep, keep put another bookmark there, and because um, yep. you know, so let's get ahead. into the let's get into the ones that were kept because that's a clue into this whole thing. Like the 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 fine arts building was kept, and that building alone, uh, I don't think it's possible to have planned and executed that one building alone in two years. Um, but this idea that it was just temporary. So when we look at the the the, the finished photos, like the one that you have behind you, and we strain our eyes examining these photos to try to figure out is this you know is this real is this you know were these temporary is this plaster you know staff um you know or is this are we looking at you know more exotic materials more you know uh, materials with more of a a longevity to them the thing the thing i want to point out is when you know, they don't build models as much in architecture because of all, you know, 3D renderings and, and, you know, programs like Revit and so forth, where you just do everything digitally. But when I was coming up through school, we were still building models. And to build a model at eighth scale, let's say you can get across a certain amount of detail, right? It's rough, it's rudimentary. By eighth scale, that means one eighth of an inch equals a foot. Then you get up to quarter scale. And so one quarter of an inch equals a foot in real life, one quarter inch in the model. And you can get into a certain amount of detail in a quarter inch. Then you get up to half inch. You could really get detailed. If you do a model at one inch to a foot, one inch in the model is a foot in real life. That's a large scale, highly detailed model. So what I'm I'm trying to draw this out, because what people are saying when they say, oh, it's just temporary with staff and plywood and whatever what what they're not kind of getting their head around is it's impossible like i'm going to just say it's impossibly sophisticated to build a full scale model that you can then occupy and operate and have a certain amount of um assurance that it's not going <laughs> to like the manufacturer's building was not going to collapse on the 100,000 people that attended the uh, the opening ceremony. So you're t- so what that argument is putting forward is that they built a full scale functional model, and so the just temporary line it 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 falls apart with just you know a really kind of cursory knowledge of um or, or or level of experience of actually having built models in, in an actual architect's office, and, and not to mention they're building on swamplands. Right, and this they're building is, on swamp. This land. is marshland where there is no solid mm. foundation. There is no bedrock right there, so to speak. So, so to add even more intrigue to the construction process, supposedly all of these foundations were built on pylons. And how are they driving those pylons, by the way? Thank you. 
I mean, that was going to be my question. Like, how do you lay out? And I, I'm, I'm driving myself nuts here because I cannot seem to find the pylon picture that I had uh, because it's just one that it's just hundreds of pylons that are out in the field and it doesn't make any sense. Like how so do if they you were driving thousands, hundreds and thousands of pylons for foundations for 17 acre buildings, it, the cacophony would have been deafening. But yeah. What's really interesting is in the HH, what is um, uh, 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 Bancroft, narrative um he talks himself in his own historical account of this and he's the official historian he talks about the deafening silence how quiet the building site was and how things just magically appeared almost overnight in his own words yes yeah and and so were they building were they resurfacing were they just doing millets portion and and just whitewashing it I mean, that's and and are we saying now that none of this was constructed? No, absolutely not. They definitely built things for this fair, but not. I don't believe, and I'm I, I'm pretty sure you're in agreement I, I, that they did all of these buildings. There's, it just doesn't seem humanly possible for 200 buildings on swampland in less than 24 months. Yeah, and and now sort of as this whole discussion um, is 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 maturing really because in the beginning like let's say five years ago what I, I mean i've been looking at this for 20 years just the chicago one the chicago world fair because i learned about it in in university and i was blown away by it and it was always in the back of my mind is like this is something ex- wonderful that really needs to be explored further and then i and then i came across howdy Mikowski's work and i was just like yeah man f- finally somebody like you know put this together but now I think now that we're we've as a com- research community we've looked into other you know other uh, um, anomalies or or um, aspects of the historical narrative that don't add up, such as uh, you know H. H. Richardson's legacy and the American um, uh, Romanesque style of architecture. And I you know I did that video um, with Old World Explorations, just looking into the buildings that are attributed to him in, in a sh- very short time span of 20 years. That was the, the, the extent of his career was 20 years. And most of that, he was very sickly. And then he did all these, you know, buildings like the, the um, Trinity church in Chicago. And uh, Matthew, I, I equate him to the Forrest Gump of architecture. <laughs> okay. Why is that? Just because he, he pops up in like all these important things, you know, right. throughout time in a 20 year span, when he, from, you know, listening to you and doing a tiny bit of research on him, he was not a smart man. No, he was, he was a dim bulb and he was a debonair and he was, he was way more into his, you know, flamboyant dress and whatnot uh, at, at Harvard than he was into study. He he didn't study like his biographers, even when they're trying to portray him in a good light, they're like, yeah, he didn't, he wasn't really into the books. And so I guess one of the but three he did big, 80 buildings. He's one of the three big architects in American history, right? It's the, the, it's, it's Richardson, uh, Louis Sullivan, and Frank Lloyd Wright. And yeah, so for me, this is like saying uh, slaying sacred cows. But so what I, the point I was trying to make is that when you when we look at the World Fairs and ask ourselves the question of was were some of these buildings, at least some of these buildings here before, now we have to look at that alongside of the question of where some of the were you know are 
our cities, our cities in the United States, much older than is let on. And and those those two things coincide. Those two they they fit together like hand and glove. It's not just you know how how come you know how come people didn't see it? Didn't people see these buildings? Well, didn't people see you know these um, you know Trinity Church before somebody wrote down in a book when it was supposed to have been built? Probably. You know, probably we've been reset before <laughs> just to go there. Oh, absolutely. And you and it's not just this World Fair, right? You look across the board. There's these cities all across America that seem to have a different past than what we've been told. And 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 to go back to your earlier point, I hadn't even heard of this fair, Matthew, until about four or five years ago. Right. And, and then you learn about the Omaha, and then you learn about the San Francisco Fair and the Buffalo Fair, Nashville, um, on and on, that these world fairs were happening one after the other all across the country and in Europe. Were the, were the European fairs all temporary structures? You know, the Eiffel Tower is still there. Yep. A lot of the Parisian structures are still there. And I haven't, and and that's what I plan on doing too down the road is is delving into the the European fairs a little bit more and deeper too, because I think these were just kind of models of those in a sense, and it was the passing of the torch, right? From you know the Europeans showing that they could go from Europe and and come over here, and they, they're the orchestrators of this realm is is essentially what this was, you know, the Great White City. It was. You know, and and they pushed the Columbus hard on this. It was supposed to be in 1892, but they couldn't yeah. get the construction done in time, so they had to push it back a year. Yeah, I I think that what we're looking at is what 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 I'm hearing you describe is like the usurpers. You know, the black hat. Yes. Ones. Um, well, and- I like how on your podcast with Mark, the reality managers. Oh yeah, that's I really a- like that term mm-hmm. because that's what it's that's what these guys are here. They're the they are managing the reality they want to project. Right. Right. They're the founders, right? And mm-hmm. um <laughs> the Freemasons. <laughs> so but you know, and then we have the strange anomalies or um uh, the strange aspects of the fairs where you had and you've been really uh good about pointing these kinds of things out where you had you know the human zoos and so forth and to my mind um the 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 kind of consciousness that produces great wonders such as we're seeing in 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 many of these buildings it's not the same consciousness as would create a a a midway with human zoos right that's the usurpers Right. And so that to me, too, leads back to this um, idea that many of these buildings were here before alongside of many of the city, uh, um, old world cities in America. They coexisted and they've been here for a very long time. Um, I mean, I just don't know how else to I mean, we look at we look at these construction photos that you're showing and it's just like, I don't know, site of the exposition. This doesn't say anything. Let's let's flip through some of these, Matt, and let's see if we can kind of, you know, drawing. Okay. Yeah. Let's these see are this drawing. kind of portrayal. Like, yeah, it's comical. I mean, you just yeah. look at the drawings of some of these, and it's just it doesn't. And even you know, this one always 
tickled my fancy because it's mm-hmm. it's one of those where it looks like they have a half finished building and they're trying to build on top of it or yeah is this a is this a construction photo is this a deconstruction photo yeah. you can't really tell because there's the way they portray it there's never an abundance of materials on site there's never worker an abundance of workers on site unless it's a staged <clears throat> photograph right but then to you know it's it's grainy it's poor resolution yes um, it looks like a photocopy go back to that for a sec matt let's let's linger here because this is perfect this is a perfect example of the kind of construction photo and up on the second story in that dome they're showing you know lath basically wood strips that are crossing you know some kind of uh, skeletal structure and then you have that vault and i mean to me this looks like it looks it screams actually of of uh, photo manipulation in in like a montage type of effect. Yes, or a montage type of of uh, manipulation process. And you have those like look at um, in the middle to the left of that telephone pole it's sticking up. You have that scaffolding. That's just like you see that over and over again. That scaffolding that's sticking up above the vault. And, you know, you see that kind of thing just sketched into these old photos over and over again. And it's like, and then that dome at the top, that that looks like a line drawing. That does not look to me at all. No. At all, like what a structure would appear, even if it was a photocopy of a photocopy, like it just wouldn't, it wouldn't appear like that. No. Um, and the base of the building doesn't <clears throat> appear to fit the surroundings and the, the, the way the, um, shoot i lost the word now the difference in the in the shading and colors it doesn't match like the writing on the top of the base of the pavilion here over on the right hand side is bright white but yet on the other side it's nothing um you know they're still building it it just they, they've got these corners done and and all stoned out but what are they going to build the top with yeah, you know, it's, and and if you and if you um can point to one of these photos and say, hey, this is like an obvious manipulation, it throws into doubt all of them, and maybe some of them are better than others. Maybe them some of those photos are really convincing, the construction photos. But if there are some that are obviously, to me, this is obviously manipulated. Yes, it's obvious that that dome is drawn in. It's obvious that that scaffolding is drawn in, and you know, I'll probably say the same thing about that arch, like those arches, um. So it throws into question the 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 whole photographic record of the construction. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I kept finding over and over. And that's what I, I, I feel like a broken record saying it, but they just don't sit well. They don't like you look at some photos and you're like, okay, yes, that, that looks right to the eye. You know, I rationalize it. I look at it. These I've been, I've been stewing through in my head for couple of years now and i still can't sell myself that this is legitimately what i'm seeing and where are the materials where you know you got like pipes that are just kind of strewn about on the ground you've got a massive construction project going on here one of 200 buildings being built in two years through two chicago winters you better have a high level of organization not and just where, like scattered you know and where chaotic are you getting scene. all the staff matthew if they if these are all staff buildings, you know how much staff it's going to take to the staff coat. as in the plaster. Yeah. Yes. Okay. To to because supposedly all of these temporary buildings were coated in wood frame with staff, which is a mm-hmm. plaster mix going mm-hmm. over top of it. 
And when you look at the, and then they were spray painted on top of that pure white to give them even, you know, another layer of, um, you know, glow almost to them. I just, I don't know. I have such a hard time with these. I was trying to find another one that was, uh, oh, here it is. The application of the staff. Like, so this is how they did every building. And again, it's it's like, okay, there's no doubt that much of this was restored or that some of these buildings were built new. No, Nobody, I don't think anybody's really questioning that. So sure, there would be a lot of this kind of thing going on. And you can imagine a two-year process, restoration type process where you're clearing out, cleaning up and you know patching basically patch to match yep. as, we, as we say yeah um so sure yeah you're going to you're going to have details like this but again what you're what is being um proposed is that this is a full scale model that's occupiable by 27 million fair goers at a time by the way that the country had 62 million citizens in yeah. 1893 Chicago had a that, population of about 3 million at the time. So you had 20, so you had two fifths of the country descending on this world fair. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, the scratch and sniff test. Um, so a photo like this is, it's interesting to look at because you see basically, you know, old plaster and lath type technique, but it doesn't really tell you too much. Correct. And that's what I keep seeing. I'm like, yeah, okay. They, they, this is how they probably built a lot at the time, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't add up with what we're seeing when we start looking. And I mean, even here you see some plywood and timbers in the, in the foreground. At least there's an organized, um, you know, I want to say construction site, but you know, staging area, you know, you have, okay. You have timbers and everything stacked neatly. Like at least they did that. The foreman is not going to you know, um, shit his pants when he comes onto the job site. But then you have this, you know, there's no workers, like you pointed out. We have here what looks to be more or less a completed building with uh, surrounded by scaffolding. So I see this as a facelift. Yes. And, and right. that's where I was going to go with that. Yeah. That, they're, that's they're, what I see with a lot of these, right? You look at these and they're, they're essentially finished buildings with scaffolding around the outside. Like, mm-hmm. okay, were, were you just resurfacing? Were you refacing these buildings or were these built? And, you know, and we'll get through some of these construction photos too. It's that they almost look staged. Yeah. Let's keep uh, setting them up and knocking them down. This is obviously a drawing here. This is the frame of the electricity building. Uh, I no, mean, it's guy, not. This is yeah. not anything at all. <laughs> it, it's it's. I mean, it's comical from the yeah. from the figures to the structure itself. It's like, oh, uh, I'm sure Chicago wind wouldn't blow that flimsy thing over. No, that's a drawing. Yep. Uh, the Ferris wheel that was different, but then again, these yeah. are all from the Chicago. But they're so grainy, you know, and so choppy, and you got this so- beautiful. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, Matt. No, I was going to say you have this beautiful reflection in the water, but nothing in the sky. Well, the and- sky, the the sky. Just a note, a side note on the on the vanilla sky thing. I, somebody pointed out, for, I forget who it was. Um, another another podcaster pointed out that the reason they vanilla skied all these old photos was to disappear what was going on in the in the skies, which was flight 
<laughs> which was right. you know, skies that were filled with zeppelins and all sorts of um, craft. And in addition to like things like moon towers that lit up, illuminated uh, downtown, downtowns and so forth. But, you know, so, t- so look, okay, here's the, the fine arts building. This building is still there. If you went to this building um, and it's the museum of science and industry, I believe right now. Yes. Um, it's an old world building. I mean, it's made out of, you know, high quality, durable materials like granite and marble and copper. And it's got copper all over the roof. Like this building would have taken ages to execute just by itself. So the, yeah, again, the idea that, you know, this one, by the way, they said that this one was the only one that was made permanent because it housed a world-class uh, art exposition. And so that was the only way the insurance um, companies would cover it as if they built it permanently. It's like, you know, really, you know, you know, it, it, it borderline, it borderlines on incredulous. Um, so, you know, again, here's a drawing. So this, you know, this doesn't really demonstrate much of anything. Here's a good one. Okay. Scaffolding around a building that looks like it's getting a, a facelift and there's a dome being built in the background. So then there's, it raises the question. Um, and that's interesting. This is interesting because it's um, a higher resolution. And so that raises the question, were some of the domes, the actual domes being rebuilt? Which is plausible. Be, sure. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Especially with the iron and steel that they had at the time, it would have it would have made the building lighter. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely doable. This is just another shot of the previous one that we were looking mm-hmm. at. This is a good one. Yeah. So you find you find yourself really staring hard at these um, and looking for details. And I do find it interesting um, and compelling to take a photo like this and line it up side by side with the actual building and look for proportions like look at the proportions of that of the cupola above the dome right for instance and look at how they would have brought in certain adornments certain features certain ornamentations and does it align with the structure that's beneath it and i'll tell you i mean i've i've built lots of models um i used to build balsa wood airplanes okay high school and like you know, to me, this could just as easily be a model that was put together in a in a studio and then superimposed, um, you know, with with ground background so forth. Yeah, and they always throw in like over here on the left hand side, you get the little guy over here in his black suit and black hat, and there's always random dudes standing on the in these photos, like hanging out on the roof, hanging off the eaves. It's yeah, very- there's he's got no harness or anything. There's no safety equipment back then. He's just hanging out on the roof. He's probably what by scale about thirty <clears throat> feet up. I mean, yeah, it's just it's it's amazing what they. This is a drawing. Yeah, this is a goof. Yeah, so I can't I can't put any and again another drawing. They mm-hmm. tried to push it off as a, a photograph, but it's certainly not. Um, this is another one that I believe is a drawing. They claim it's it to clearly. Be a, a I mean, unless this was stylized after the fact, like maybe there's a like a better a better resolution original of this that's definitely been sketched over. Yeah, because I've seen 
an actual photo of that. And this is, oh, that's why we're not in. Ah, that's because we're not in Arnold's. You want to go over to Arnold? Yeah, man. Okay. So yeah, let's, and this is, excuse me, this is, um, you know, what we're doing is we're trying to sharpen our pencils. You know, we're trying to, you know, basically, and I, and I think any good investigation, any good scientific inquiry, it's like, we're going to try to prove ourselves wrong. Like, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to say at this point that I'd be happy to accept the mainstream narrative if I found out that we're completely um, incorrect with our questioning this. And the, re the reason I say that is because if the mainstream narrative is true, to me, that's almost more disturbing because then we have to look at the fact that something something happened, something like really dark happened between like, say, 1900 and now, <laughs> you know, the last century is, you know, there, or just say like between 1900 and the world wars, like yeah. some, if we were capable of, this kind of grandeur, this level of craftsmanship in such a short amount of time, and we had all the know-how and all the skills and all the equipment, the tools and the resources and the materials, we knew how to marshal all this stuff. What the hell happened, Matt? <laughs> oh, we have regressed immensely if that's the case, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we because look how long it takes to get a road paved nowadays. <laughs> you yeah, know, let alone... Yeah. Let alone, I mean, around here, like, you know, in Seattle, I'm north of Seattle and they're putting a, um, uh, you know, it's, what are they called? Uh, a, a light rail through. Okay. It's amazing how fast they can move with stuff like that, you know? And so it's like when the, when the project aligns with the, the, the mindset, the consciousness, um, the, the, the economic impulses of that age things move really quick and we are capable of an extremely high level of accomplishment. And, and, and an example of that time. Matthew would be like the Olympics. Right. Right. I mean, they, they do build these cities. Now it's not in the time frame that they do these in they're given, you know, multiple years to complete this work, but in a sense, they tell you that not, they're not temporary buildings, but the buildings that they build for the Olympics are just for that one go round and they may or may not use them again afterwards. Right. And that's right. the only thing I can think of that would be equivalent to this, you know, other than a movie set, but not, we're talking such a grand scale, such a risk. If anything goes wrong with the quantity of people that you're going to have coming through this, and this is your you know, this is your baby. This is you announcing to the world. We're announcing our presence with authority here. Mm -hmm. Now, there was one example, an important example of uh, catastrophic failure in one of these buildings, which was what, what was it? It was the. Um, <clears throat> the cold storage building. Yes, they caught on fire. Right. And so the reason apparently that caught on fire, it was because there there was a 200 foot iron chimney uh, stack 200 foot tall iron by the way yeah so so much for staff and at the top of it in order to make it blend in um with the surroundings and not just have an ugly chimney stack you know an industrial looking thing they put a dome they put a wooden dome and that's what caught fire because you have, you know, furnaces and furnaces work in and, and because this is where apparently a lot of the 
the the industrial side of the of the uh, process of the of the um, you know let's say the fair is a machine, right? You know, every city is basically a machine. You know, and you see yep. over here you have things being heated up, cooked, you know, so forth. And so you have this chimney, iron, two, 200 feet tall, and you put a, a wooden dome on it, which catches fire not once but twice. And 13 firefighters lost their lives, apparently. Well, once it collapsed, when they were building it, it collapsed because of like a hurricane that supposedly came through. These gale force winds came in and knocked it over. I didn't heard about that. Yeah, so- that that was during the construction of it. So it collapsed during construction and they did it again? There was a partial collapse during construction. Yeah. And I believe it was 1891. And then um, then they had the fire while the fair was taking place. Right. So to me, that's another clue. It's like you put a wooden dome on top of a 200-foot steel you know, f- furnace exhaust. That's yep. kind of foolish. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing. That's a rookie mistake, right? I right. Mean, <laughs> that's an amateur hour here. So if they're putting that dome up maybe they were yeah like we said before maybe they were they were also um rebuilding other domes in a hurry that mm-hmm. weren't meant to last you know maybe the bones like we say look the bones were good of the buildings you know dress up the facade and throw a dome on it you know and it's just meant to last for as long as the fair well these same you guys did. that did the fair matthew uh what was it a year or two after the fair were designing the chicago coliseum and that collapsed i believe collapsed. not once but twice Right. During the construction of it. Right. So you had the uh, genius skill set of designers and builders that all of a sudden didn't know how to make a building stand up. With all the experience they just gained by doing it two years mm-hmm. previously, right? I mean, yeah. again, these stories just don't make sense. And you look at, okay, I, I, and then, I mean, we can, we've can we gone back and we've talked about the Chicago fire as well and how selective that was. And it all starts leaning to there's again, it's a narrative shift. They're yeah. trying to tell us a story, and this is one way we're gonna buy into it. I'm with you on that. And the fire thing. So Chicago, the the great Chicago fire was 1871. And then 20 years later, they have this world expo, right? Yeah. That happened. That it's like a formula. You see these things again and again. Um, Seattle, Great Fire, 1889, World Fair in 1909. New York City, they had, I think, three different Great Fires in Lower Manhattan. And it's because these fires were almost always like the business, wiping out the business district, strangely. And the Hall um, of Records? What's that? And 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 like ta- uh, the anywhere where they kept records were usually consumed in these fires. Right. We talked about that before with the the buildings, the building that housed the the patent office. Exactly. Patent right. land rights, all that mm-hmm. stuff just disappeared. So you have this formula where you have great fire, and then a couple of decades later you have a world fair. So you, so this idea of destroying the old. And then rolling out this new narrative through through the World Fairs. It was also the same thing in St. Louis, uh, Great Fire around 1850, and then a World Fair just after the uh, turn of the century, Philadelphia, 1850, Fire, 1850s, um, yep. you know, Fire, and then 1876, they had their World Fair. So you see this over and over again. Yeah, it's a cyclical pattern. You know, it's it's not a one-off. It repeats over and over again. And, you know, and that's why I, that that is one of the many items that adds to my skepticism of 
these narratives, you know, and that's why I've spent so many hours digging into the Chicago fair because it, it, I don't think I'll ever have the answer, but I I'm, I'm ch- trying to show that, you know, and, and even in looking at it, I'm like, well, maybe they did, you know, build this one, or maybe they did, you know, looking at this, but there are, there's so many tools of deception at, that they can use. And like you yeah. said, we, we were always thinking, yo, you know, they didn't have the ability to, to, to mess with photos back then. Well, yeah, they did. They sure they, did. they had the ability to make miniatures that looked realistic and they could take photos of them and pass them off as actual photos. I mean, yeah. there's so and- much, it's anything that you can see through a screen could be manipulated. Correct. And probably is. So yeah. you take this photo and to me, and it, it's again, like the foreman <laughs> must have been pulling his hair out because you see, you know, you you just see this um, trusses that are just, you know, lying helter skelter. It looks like they've fallen down versus, you know, they're, they're staged to be assembled. And then the same thing with just a few kind of shady characters standing around with their hats on. Um, this, this is not convincing at all as a construction, as an actual construction photograph. Yeah, I was with you. Cause I saw that and I'm like, man, that looks like those things fell off. It looks like mm-hmm. they were almost going to be attached and then something happened. And yeah, it looks like those are the bank men coming in trying to figure out. Cause if you look at the ones over here, even on the right hand side, I know it's tough to tell, but they, they appear to be bent, mm-hmm. you know, like they, the, the middle seems to come up like a hump where you know they hit something on the ground because there's nothing everything up here is all straight lines well some people have suggested that a lot of these photos are are actual demolition photos yes mm-hmm. yep it's I quite plausible just as plausible now this one's interesting this is the this is the transportation building um yeah, the entrance this is, and this is the one that's attributed to lewis sullivan by the way who is is cited as having said that the world fair will set back our American architecture for 50 years because they went with this, you know, Beaux-Arts type style of architecture. That's how the narrative records the controversy over the, 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 the architectural um, yeah, just the style itself. Cause they uh, Sullivan is attributed with having in a sense uh, launched the, you know, modern, architecture in america steel glass um skyscrapers yeah and so that's a whole nother thing i hope to do a video on him soon but it's it's a lot of research and um there's a lot of compelling questions about that too but i've i've looked at this photo so many times and alongside like i said before like alongside the actual uh photos of the uh, completed buildings and it's hard like i i I find myself squinting my eyes and like saying like does that you know the way those uh ascending archways um appear in this photo does that align with the finished photo and what i see in this photograph is one i i see a, a, a a vanilla sky background yep so whatever was going on in that background has been removed. And then when I look at the photo of the finished building, what I see is a facade that is like glommed on to a building that looks much older than like the architecturally it doesn't 
doesn't go. I'm trying to see if I had one in here. I know there's oh, one these are great in there. No, I was trying to see if I had the transportation building finished. I know it's in here, one of them, but just do a quick uh you do a quick Google search or something. Um Yeah. It'd be worth it to just check it out real quick because just to make the yeah case. okay yeah i'll pull it up right here and by the way while you're pulling that up just another another uh factoid to throw out there there was 1.2 million cubic yards of earth supposedly excavated for this yes and and then also you look at the rubble after the fact um and so this so so yeah check that out so that's just what that's let's get one that's an actual like a clear a photo, photo. Yeah, yeah that's a drawing photo, photo. uh this is there supposed you go. to be oops that's fine yeah that's perfect so zoom in a little bit on that so what or out there perfect so you know i think what we were looking at in that photo um is you see these ascending arches that frame in that entrance um it's interesting because you see that on bank buildings like in the midwest that are attributed to sullivan that same technique yeah um, and so what i'm what i feel like i'm looking at is do you see how there's this big balcony up at the top you have this horizontal plane that and then that looks like this i don't know if that's a balcony to hang out on or what have you um but all of that structure looks to me like it was plunk, just glommed onto in an existing building like you can picture that building that to the, those arches and columns to the right and left look to me to be made out of a completely different material they look stone you know when yep. i look at those columns from here <laughs> it's they look to me like they're they're polished granite or something um and so to I, to my eye and 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 like those those um domes those minor domes right there to the right and left those don't at all match up with what's behind it like yeah. proportionally um even materially like just the way those are stylized it it seems to me like they took a building and said okay Mr. Sullivan, can you design us a, a, a grand entrance? That's what it appears. Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at it, let me see if they have a good one from afar also, because then you can see the whole entrance. Yeah, like this. I mean. Right. That that entrance, architecturally speaking, it just does not go with the rest of the building. No. It's an add-on. I mean, there's yeah. no question in my mind that, that that was stuck on there after the building was already there. Okay. Yeah. It's it, There's so many of these that I just, I, I keep wondering. I'm like, what is going on with this? Like, where did we, how did this happen? And uh, these are the dated ones, if you want to look at some of those. Because you can look yeah, at let's the keep, you. let's keep, let's keep going through these construction photos um, so this is the progression the essentially matthew so we're yeah. looking at this was 1891 we looked at so that's 91 when they did that 
And again, mentioning now after looking at the full picture, now you folks look at the background now and you understand why the vanilla sky could be necessary if there was an existing background or building in that background. Right. To tie a bow on it. Yes. Yes. So um, this is the government building construction area. You do actually see some, It. I mean, it's a mixture of wood and it looks like granite blocks. I don't know what this is. I mean, there's some kind of, this is a kind of, we would call this dunnage, you know, where you basically, you know, there's supports, temporary supports to hold, um, temporarily hold up a building or something yeah. like that. I guess that's what they're implying here, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't put a building that's 10 acres on anything looking like this. It looks you like just, piles of then, Jenga. <laughs> you know, these are all Jenga blocks just right. scattered about, and they're going to build a foundation. And again, and I, I hate these because I can't really zoom in in this program, but you'll see right here in the middle, they have two guys just standing on one right. of these pylons. And, it, you know, it's it's like it's staged. Um, this is a good one. The yeah, one, this one I like. Building. This is the roof of the women's building mm -hmm. from 1891. Now, mind you, they had just started construction in 1891 so they're less than a year in they have this whole building up and they're working on the roof now the roof is intricate columns and you know that greco-roman style i don't know what that like it looks like some kind of trellis that's sticking between those columns i don't know what yeah that's right about. here that, that it, it's like metal trellis almost yeah, it's like a temporary. Well, it looks. I guess it's like supposed to be scaffolding uh, that's sort of wrapping up and over the parapet of this. But I mean, who knows? You know, if you look in the background, um, first of all, again, vanilla sky. But it looks like there's a lot of patchwork done there. Like it looks like there's different tones in the <clears throat> finish um, on the. Uh, you know, that, that, um, uh, excuse me, would it be a lintel over the columns back there? Yeah. Yeah. You see some light and some dark. So I don't know. It looks, you know, could it be patched? You and know, even here, Matthew, along the edge, right? You mm -hmm. see some weathering, heavy weathering up here. But then as you go back towards the, you know, rear of this, it's almost new. Mm hmm. And, and that's interesting, but why, and why would you have weathering if this is brand new? Yeah. I feel like we're looking at repair work here. Yeah. So let's move on. This is them putting up the machinery building. With, I guess. With rope <laughs> and this massive steel structure that they're just pulling with pulleys. Interesting note about the machinery building. It was one of two buildings um, alongside the electricity building that had towers rather than domes yes. and um howdy mikowski asked the question of like what was the purpose of those towers because you had a lot of tesla tech going on inside of these buildings and you had three times the amount of electricity being produced at this world fair as was in the entire city of chicago in 1893 so were those towers that were again just in front of the machinery building where machines were 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 in spinning um and and actually operating uh were they being powered somehow with the help of these towers 
Yeah, and and the reason why I like this one too, because again, if you look at the, uh, I believe it's the government building in the background. Again, you see those stone pillars. The corners of the building are already built, and they're surrounded by scaffolding. And mm-hmm. the rest of the building is still. I mean, it, in this one, it's cored out essentially. Yeah, yeah, and then and then what's <clears throat> what appears to be a, the start of a dome. Again, that's it, to to me that looks like a drawing. Yeah, and it looks different than the dome. Uh, the pattern of it looks different than the previous photo that we had looked at. Yeah, of just that building. I match those two up, and they don't even match. One of them has crisscross, and one of them is just straight up and down. So this is just a far shot of the fish uh, fisheries building, and that was uh, whose building was that? Was that? I think that was Atwood. I think Charles Atwood Charles had Atwood. the fisheries, and he had the mining building, which is this one. So here again, it looks to me like uh, there's some pre-existing building and then uh, a facade, if this is to be taken at face value. Um, and we're going to ignore the um, the rails that just end in the dirt and yeah. <laughs> that strange appearance of a horse and buggy. Um, so if we take this at face value, it looks like there's a building and a bunch of scaffolding around it and a new entrance being um you know built onto it well and what i find interesting even about the horse and buggy it's not a workable buggy it's more of a it looks like a travel buggy you know with those big wheels that's not designed for pulling anything of any substance yeah that's not a work vehicle no and especially if you're not working in swampland you know you're not going to have those thin large tires you're going to need something that's a little wider so you can get in there yeah like an f-350 <laughs> a backhoe this is one that i love this is one of those staged photographs where everybody comes in and sits with the you know the steel beams and did they crush their rail track with that beam what? that's what i'm wondering they just <laughs> dropped it right it's in just, the middle of the railway that would that beam would just absolutely crush those tracks Oh man. And it's like it's like that picture of those guys sitting in New York City just having lunch up on a skyscraper um beam, you know, just, just nothing of it. And right. again, there there's a lot of guys with hands in their pockets. There's one yeah. hand missing, there's all the black hats and these that, guys. That's a, and- that that photo, the the iron worker photo is a perfect example of early photo manipulation. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That is that is one of the first photoshops that we were sold as an actual photo. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the, the just before they started construction. This is the midway area where they were, you know, supposedly tilling the ground in the, in the swamp to get it going. These sure. are the pulleys that they use, the lever system that they were using don't... to get these beams into place. All right. I, I don't know what's going on in the background there um that looks sketchy um so yeah cool pulley system i guess doesn't tell that much no no it's just i like looking at it to see this Mm -hmm. you know from a scope standpoint okay we're talking about beams going back to this one uh, of this nature and we're doing it and you see a totally different pulley system there um but and by the way oh sorry matt go back go back one like yeah you're 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 hauling 
huge steel beams. And by the way, emphasis on steel. Yes. This, this, this is not temporary construction. No, that's These what I was riveted gonna, steel beams. That's what I was just going to get at. Look at the look at the size of this. You're telling me these this is a temporary structure with these massive beams, and that's and the manufacturers is the the coup de grace, right? That's the three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the manufacturers building Matt was the was the biggest enclosed space in the world yeah when it was completed in the not just in chicago in the world it was the biggest building by square footage yep in the world it was like something like 17 acres yeah for one building and this is again this is how they started it Uh, here's a construction photo that i laugh at because i'm just like this doesn't explain it you know you got some piles of wood laying around where are all these steel beams that are you're you're constructing the frame with there's none to be seen in the picture. There's no machinery that appears able to even move it. I know you have the train tracks that come right up to it based on that earlier photo. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even some of these things don't look, the beams look like they would give a train a trouble. Yeah, this building, I mean, this photograph is not conv- convincing of anything. No. Uh, this is our wonderful admin building again. Mm-hmm. And and remember what I said before about the skeleton? Look mm-hmm. at how meshed it is and crisscross in this one and the other one. It was just those vertical, um, you know, the framework. Yeah. Yeah. And again, look at the building. You see the weathering here on the facade and weathering on the sides over here. But yet some of it's, you know, perfectly clean. Like Yeah. So if you pulled the scaffolding off of this. You wouldn't pull the scaffolding off until everything was done. Because in order to get up there with your spray paint, yeah, right, you'd have to put the scaffolding back. Yes. Right. And so, you know, I don't know. You know, I honestly don't know. Like I, I look at this and this is one of those head scratchers because it's a better resolution. Um, again, you see a kind of a chaotic uh, work environment. You see in the foreground, you see these pylons that are supposed to be I don't know, maybe they're like kind of defining the edge of the lagoon that they're still excavating out. And, you know, it's just not convincing of any like doing any kind of real work or let alone like carrying anything. Um, And then this building gets to me, Matthew, this building over here on the left. I'm sure it's some sort of supply depot or whatever, but this isn't part of the fair. This is an actual temporary structure. Why would you need a cupola like that on top of it? That's As what a I was going to say. Maybe it's a watchtower. Keep an eye on the workers. Who knows? Yeah. But, but that, that dome. That, mm-hmm. And it looks out of place. You know, you have that building over there. And then again, the, the father and son posing here in the foreground. And then like one or two workers just walking around. But again, no supplies. Um, it just, it looks almost like they took this admin building and dropped it in here. It could be. It could be that that's a storehouse and then there's a watchtower to keep an eye on things. I don't know, Matt. Like yeah. it, it, it strains credulity. Um, here's here's what I'm talking about, Matthew. Okay. So note the, the date. Here is May 21, mm-hmm. 1892. Here is July 23. So in two months, they went from skeleton. Oh, yeah. 
to that makes no sense at all. fully done. And look at that roof. That's yeah. not just a regular roof they put on there. Yeah. Flip back one more time. Right. You know, and you go into it and it's just, it doesn't, that, that two months does not add up. Because right here, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm pointing with my finger. Here in the middle, they have columns here mm-hmm. by the next photo. It looks like there's columns, uh, like wooden columns right there, doesn't it? It, it? Well, it looks like there's support beams, but it doesn't... I mean, these are yeah. round... Again, I mean, they, you know, can... we have to accept the fact that there's photo manipulation. We have definitely just seen many, like, in fact, the majority of these photographs are clearly manipulated. And then it's like, you know, we're sitting, you know, we strain our eyes and we stretch our imagination. And, you know, again, it's like, I, how, how is the magician, you know, swapping out those cards? How is the magician doing that trick? Yeah. Where'd the rabbit come from? It's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how that trick works, but um it does this isn't two months of work like like you said and the whole fair is not two years worth of work and the planning of it is not one month worth of planning and where are the blueprints for such an amazing building there have been very little blueprints found and supposedly it was drawn on a paper brown paper bag what what was the fair the fair, the fairgrounds, you know, the layout for the whole thing was supposedly, you know, drawn on the back of a brown paper bag because he he was able to do it in, I believe it was under two weeks, he came up with the design for the fair. Uh-huh. And yeah, then you should... <laughs> parceled it out to his friends saying, okay, you're going to take this building, you're going to take that building, but this is my idea for a great building. And all the while, like you just said before about Sullivan, these guys were infighting over what style they were going to use. So- right. I mean, and think about the egos involved here, right? You have Burnham, you have Root, you have Olmstead, you have uh, Sullivan, you had Atwood. I mean, these are like the the best of the best of the day. And they're all going to listen to this one guy, Burnham, who doesn't have the best of track records at the beginning of this fair. Who, by the way, 1892 is a pivotal, or like the early 1890s is a really pivotal time in the narrative of the development of American cities in general. Like things were exploding uh, figuratively, like creatively. Yes. Like the amount of building stock of like the whole of the American Romanesque style is supposed to have sprang into existence at this exact same time. So all of these architects, all of these brilliant minds were busy building other buildings in cities all across the country and des- designing other buildings. This would have been like, I guess, a side gig. Like, Yeah, I guess. I mean, and anybody that's uh, wondering what Matthew's talking about, look into the City Beautiful movement, right? Because that's where they decided to renovate the cities to give them a new look, to give them a facelift, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, and then keep in mind that in 1893, the, the economy of the country grinds to a halt. So yes. you had a, 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 a depression, the Great Panic of 1893. So all of this, all of this is churning supposedly at the exact same moment where you know 27 million people running to this fair from all over the country 
in the midst of a depression. Yeah. It the sounds, sounds linger. Yeah, it sounds like a great movie. That's for sure. I mean, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense from that standpoint because you like you said, and the volume. How did they get 27 million people here in six months? When it's how did the infrastructure handle it? Right? Where were they? I understand they had a rail line, but you couldn't get everything there via rail line. Hey, be careful what you what you say, Matt, because that whole movie thing. Doesn't like Leonardo DiCaprio or one of these guys have the rights to um, to the uh, oh the, Devil in a White City? Yeah, it's yeah, uh, so, it's Keanu is supposed to be playing one Keanu of the Reeves. main characters. Yeah, so they'll 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 concoct something. And I've been hearing about. I heard about this, this last away. year that they were supposed to be coming out with it, and I still haven't seen a release date on it because. I think, again, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's one of those where they're going to give you a narrative and it's going to, I'm very interested to see what angle they take with it. They're probably waiting to see how far this com- this research community pushes. Like if, if this really gets some traction, like, hey, you know, um, we're calling bullshit on this narrative and it really starts to grow legs in the popular consciousness, I think that's probably when they'll come out with the movie to just get yeah. ahead of it. That sounds about right. Yeah. And again, oh, this is another one. You know, you look at, okay, here's here's the manufacturer's building in July. Again, it doesn't have a roof on it. It has a frame. It has a lot of, uh, uh, the outside is surrounded, as we talked about before, with the scaffolding. But then you go in less than... Uh, that that would have to be if this is 1893. This has to be in the spring because this isn't a winter picture here. Um, so you're looking at less than a year. We're going from just skin and bones. And we're talking a couple months here through the winter, mind you, to probably one of the most exquisite building, or as Matthew said, the largest by square footage building in the world. <clears throat> Check out the fountains, just as an aside. Um, there was fountains all over the place, right? Yep. I mean, the 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 infrastructure. We haven't even talked about um, the electric sidewalk, right? That took you off of the, you know, off of your boat when you arrived, and you came by electric moving sidewalk. And they had. I just found out recently. Um, some I read somewhere that they had an electric trolley as well. There, I haven't seen much on that. Um, I'd like to check into that more. Um, um yeah and they had an ice rink in the in the building that burned yeah in the cold storage building they had yep. an ice rink yeah they had the first a uh rink. what was it like almost like a little roller coaster that would take you around a lot of the park too oh that's right is like in a little electric train right and and th- but this is what i meant to show you this is why i that photo is is off center it should be okay so here's july of 1892 now let's go to September 1st. So that's l- less than 50 days. Fully complete, no. roof complete, you know, all the scaffoldings down. Yeah. It just I, No, I, it's not really it I mean it just it just doesn't seem plausible at all in these No, and things. again you look and here you're still seeing they're doing the landscaping here for whether that's the you know the uh 
fountain that you were talking about i'm not sure if this is the right angle because if i go back here the fountain is it looks like it's it's either that fountain over here or this island that we're looking at in this next photo i just can't tell which how mm -hmm. far out we are from the angle sure sure but yeah it's it's <clears throat> amazing and again the landscaping like you said the electrical that they must have had to run because supposedly they were running running on edison you know they were they were using his technology and yeah. they sideswiped the tesla so all of these fountains had to have electrical running to them they had to have plumbing you yeah. know all underground that they were all doing as they were landscaping this entire you know 700 acres yeah that manufacturer's building had 10,000 lights on yeah just by itself yep when didn't, all of didn't this, this was take more than New York City as a whole, mm -hmm. it used more electricity, had more lights than New York City did as a whole in 1893, which is just mind blowing. Uh, yeah, it sure is. I mean, it, it goes to show like what a priority this was for them. And so then you get into the question of like, what, you know, why did they go through so much trouble? to if this is a deception you know why go through to this extent to to create the thing itself then disappear it and then just create this deception and it, it really gets into the heart of um it just gets into the heart of of our our sense of self our our our, our nationhood like the, the just the narrative of who we are as a people um what we were told we are and who we are like the the pledge of allegiance was first recited at the world fair yes it was at the opening beautiful. ceremonies and that's what's you know I, and i look at these and it's it's just it's hard to swallow because you said it before when you were talking about how they're like magicians you know, and, and when I was thinking about more about uh, uh, C.D. Arnold and how he wasn't allowed to take photos of while they were doing the construction itself. And it makes you wonder, what were they doing? And and why would you not allow people to see that? Because you're allowing them to see the bare skeletons. Mm -hmm. You know, why would you not be allowed to see what type of machinery they were using to get these frames in place? You know how many men were working on these at a time yeah and that that could lend to some more credibility to it instead they want to give you this you know half-assed i want to say approach to it where it's like i will let you see a little bit behind the curtain but we're not going to open it up all the way right um yeah and like this photograph here looks like one of the moon landing photos <laughs> you got this like <laughs> thing happening in the foreground and then there's like a dome back here that's just floating it looks like you know mm -hmm. I, I i just i can't i can't yeah. with some of these that janky scaffolding again yeah and then you have something like this <clears throat> where you have you know again the weathering is what drives me nuts in these photographs and people will be like oh well it's the exposure of the camera and you know the way they developed the film but they're pretty good and pretty specific about getting rid of the sky i think they could touch up the building if they really had to yeah i i think at this point matt that the, the onus is on the those who claim that the this happened as it is said to have happened it to really prove it because there's yeah. just too many questions and and um 
you even get people like like Jay Widener. You, you familiar with him? Yep. And like he's Captain Conspiracy. And like I love listening to him talk about you know the moon landing or um you know the JFK assassination. Who he calls bullshit all day and like you know brings the receipts and and but then you know he'll he's absolutely convinced that you know these were just temporary buildings built with plywood and staff as he said and um it happened the way they said it happened and it's just i i i don't know like i i beg to differ and i do think it's on the onus it's the it's um uh on folks like that that in uh, the alternative research field to really come forward and, and demonstrate it like how, how is this possible yeah I'd love to see it, especially it would be nice to see a time lapse, right? Give us give us a computer generated time lapse of how this happened. I'd love mm-hmm. to see that because I think then you're going to run into even more hiccups trying to explain it when you start looking at. And that's what I've come across with these these photos and with Arnold's collection is when you look at the timeline that you're provided, it doesn't match reality. And it doesn't even match between the photos. You know, you go from a a shell of a building to a finished building in, you know, 30 to 40 days. That just doesn't happen. And and especially not if it's just staff. Mm -hmm. Right. Think about the manpower you'd have to have to do it. And they didn't have, supposedly, I I love this one because this one, it's like, look at the size of that steel beam. Yeah. It's massive. Who moved it? How did it get there? Mm-hmm. I have so many questions, but this right. is a temporary building, Matt, you know? Right. Yeah, that's that's not, I mean, it's just not temporary construction. And the idea that you would stick anything like this on pylons is just laughable. Yeah. This, you, you need you need massive foundation work. Yeah. Which, which means at this time, massive amounts of concrete, right? This This is a huge industrial operation. Well, that's why they say they, you know, after this, after the fair, when they started rebuilding Chicago, they started putting everything on clay, right? Instead of concrete or anything like that. And then one of the buildings sunk 18 inches in the first year. (laughs) And so it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. guys, yeah, I don't can't believe that you had a 300,000 capacity building that was built on pylons. There's no- I just thought of something, Matt. I just thought of something for the first time. Yes. You know what I bet you this building was? I bet you this was a hangar for uh, Zeppelins and airships. It sure as hell looks like it. Could right? be. That's, yeah. I mean, when you think about why would they have needed this and why would this building be, you know, pre-exist the fair? Why would it be doing here? It's such a huge building. Zeppelins. I mean, they had those at that time. All, like, yeah. All over the, flying all over the skies. They were, they were. They were fighting wars with them. They were, you know, they were transporting people around the world in them at this time. This would have been a perfect, perfect that's, facility. I, that. I have, that's the first time I've heard that, Matthew. And that's a great call right there. I, I like that one because you look at the shape of the building. It does. It, it has the appearance of a hangar. Yeah. Great yeah. call there. It would explain it. And this one has always boggled my mind. The peristyle. Just because of the, not only the messaging here, but the sheer, the vast scope of it, 
It's mm-hmm. tremendous. I mean, you look at the size of these people in front of this thing, and it they look like little ants. Yeah. And, and you know, and then the message you get on there, okay, to the pioneers of civil and re- religious liberty, but bolder they who first off cast. And then look, see how it goes from nice and spaced up top to down below, they start crunching the letters together and make it hard to read. It says, uh, the moorings from the habitable fast and ventured chartless of the sea of storm endearing liberty. And up top it says, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I feel like that's that that has (laughs) never sat well with me being on top of the peristyle. The, the, the gospel of Thomas says, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall disturb you. Yeah. To paraphrase. Okay. So th- th- again, this is that inversion. They're taking him, you know, reversing it and saying, yeah, it'll. Let, you just believe us. Whatever right. we tell you is true, and that'll set you free. Buy your ticket, t- ticket to Disneyland. Yes, yes. So that's what I had for Arnold. Um, I mean, I have hundreds more if you want to go through any of them or if there's anything else you want to hit on. Um, where was... I'll keep going for a little while here. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I got about, I don't know, 15 more, 20 more minutes or so. And we can Sounds great. wrap yeah, this let's, up. Let's, let's keep going on the construction photos. Okay. Yeah. These are a lot of just <laughs> okay. shots we've already looked at from, okay, here's one. Yeah. This is a new one. This is the women's building, okay. which supposedly was built by all women. Designed, oh, is that right? Designed and built by women. According I didn't to know it was narrative. also built by women. Well, well done. Yeah. Yeah. And again, a massive structure. And and again, this looks like a, almost like a, a mix of photography and art, because you look at the foreground and the dirt and the shadows look real, but then you get to the people and everything beyond looks like it's drawn in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, again, more of the same. Yeah. Sorry, women. Yeah, unfortunately. And here's the fisheries frame on the top of it. Um you know, uh, nothing special by any means. Uh, yeah, it, I just, Gr- I don't grainy. know. I, grainy, vanilla Fuzzy. sky, you know, yeah. it's just, and these are supposedly official photographs because these aren't amateur photos. And these aren't all Charles Arnold. These are other folks that were able to take some because you, like you said, you could pay and take them. And there were a couple other folks, like I know William Henry Jackson did it mainly after the construction phase. Mm-hmm. But on top of this, right, there were supposedly these huge crowds that would come and watch the construction of these. It was like a, you know, a watch party. People would come, bring, bring, have a picnic while they watched the construction of the fair. Um, Matt, I'm looking at that. Um... Uh, yeah like some kind of cupola up on top of that roof the portions of that are so wonky you see that yeah the that absolutely is not a photo of anything like it's just you wouldn't have like where the rafters the slanty beams are meeting the vertical beams yeah like they're all over the place it's yeah. like looks like some of those rafters are just hanging out on their own. Some of those columns are just hanging out on their what own. What do you know? You don't build anything that has rafters. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Here's the admin again. And again, every picture that I've seen of this construction has those base corners in it. And right. it's a after the fact. And here we don't even have the dome yet being put on top. So, and, and this is December of 1891. And, and what I plan on doing eventually, I want to get these in sequential order. Uh -huh. Um and I was able to do that with Arnold's stuff, but I've have so many different folders of construction photos and photos of the fair that I'd love to get these all in sequence. But mm -hmm. this is just late 1891. Um, this is supposedly the uh, liberal arts area. Um, again, it, yeah, they don't have one good photo of the construction, like not like a workforce, you know, like they had armies of workers, right? Yep. And you know where 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 were all these armies of workers staying through these cold Chicago winters? Where were they eating? Where's the like Howdy says? Where were the food trucks? Yep. You know where were they going to the bathroom? Um, where was all their trash going? And know? where are they? Where are yeah. they in any of these photographs? Yep. <clears throat> yeah, this is the dome of the horticulture building, which kind of looks like Epcot before Epcot. It's just not what you would expect to see from a construction site. No. Over and over and over again. No, repeatedly. And mm -hmm. and again, you see the vanilla skies in the backgrounds. You see lack of materials. Obviously, there's no workers. We, we keep beating that dead horse. But mm -hmm. it's just over and over. And then I love this one because look at the size of those beams. Yeah, it's massive. Right? I mean, this is... And, and again, these aren't single pieces of steel. These are obviously, you know welded together at, at, at junctures, but just the vast scale of this is immense. I mean, you have a couple of little folks down here at the bottom to give you reference of how large this is. And wasn't the Fair Corporation contracted to basically clear, clear the Fair site after it was over? Have you heard that before? Chicago Wrecking Crew. Like the but the but the builders the 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 actual fair purveyors the the corporation that actually set up the fair they were under contract in order to do the fair that they at the end of the day they had to return it to a lagoon or to a okay park. I I hadn't heard that I've heard a lot of stories about or heard I read a lot about how when they were building it they said that the fair must go out in as you know in as a blaze of glory as it right. came in you know and as it was portrayed so i i agree with I, I wouldn't doubt that whatsoever because going into this before they even finished the construction of it they were already talking about how it was going to be demised right and it but it's, it's just so interesting because it, it offers an incentive for what you know why those fires not just one but two fires yeah. ended up destroying it after it was completed and abandoned but like, you know, like you're pointing to those huge steel beams, like those, you know, those that what's it's fire could burn a building that has steel beams in it, but it's not going to make it go away. Yeah. Like this is this is a massive just the demolition of this would would just be a monumental uh, feat. Well, and supposedly they took a lot of the rubble and just went and dumped it out by the sea and it formed a beach. Ah. <laughs> that you can go and search and find pieces of the 1893 fair out on the on the beach today 
So I, I'd be interested to see that for sure. But that's another question I had is where did all the rubble after the fact go? I know it was that Chicago wrecking crew that not only did this fair, they did. Um, I know they did St. Louis. I believe they were involved in Buffalo, but I can't say that for certain. Look uh, this one up because I can't remember the exact figure, but the axle, just the axle for the Ferris wheel. Oh yeah. It was, it was some insane, uh, uh, size and weight it, it would it, it was like megalithic and then okay so it, it was it a got... 71 ton 45 and a half foot long axle that was the world's largest hollow forging so 71 tons yep it said uh it was uh manufactured by pitts uh in pittsburgh by the Bethlehem Iron Company and weighed 89,320 pounds. And and then was hoisted somewhat 150 feet or whatever into the air. Yeah. Like and then and then what happened to that? You know, they well, they moved the the, the Ferris wheel, right? Didn't they move it to another fair? To St. Louis. Okay. Yep. To St. Louis. Okay. Yep. It went down there and then eventually they burned it or destroyed it. Down or buried there. it in the golf course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I I forgot about that totally. Yeah. That is something. Think about that. 89,000 pounds. What are we, what are we moving that with fellas? We doing that with a little, little hoist. I don't know. It's a lot of weight. Oh, absolutely. I like this one. There's just, so that's the thing too, Matt. It's like it's what are they moving with? You're you're not just building the thing itself. You're building the infrastructure that has to move, haul, erect, like all of that goes with it. It's like when we talk about oh, well, how many buildings can they build to like pull you know just pull pull a brand new city out of the wilderness? It's like it's not just the buildings. It's the excavation, it's the infrastructure, it's the manufacturing, the quarrying of materials, it's the, you know, the transportation network, it's all of this stuff then. And then, and then it's the, the, the life of the workers, you know, they have families, yeah. they have houses and homes and they have, you know, um, communities and, and, and villages and, you know, everything that has to support the actual operation of this scale of an endeavor. Well, and to give people that, haven't seen already the idea of the size and scope of this world fair right you can take all of epcot and all of magic kingdom fit them inside the world fair area and still you haven't wow. even touched the midway which is this whole area on the left here so and, yeah no that's 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 a very compelling uh graphic and then keep in mind too you know, Chicago itself is, you know, still being built at this time. The University of Chicago, with its own exquisite, not so temporary buildings, are, is being built at the same time. So these armies of workers that are by just who? Going. By the Rockefellers. No. Amazing how the Rockefellers own Chicago University. And you know what the nickname is there? The Phoenix. Okay. <laughs> well, then that brings us to the end of the World Fair, which was they didn't they never closed the fair. They didn't have a closing ceremony because the mayor was assassinated a couple of days before the end of the fair. 
Isn't that right? So like this, it, it ended in the in day like, before. Yes. He was assassinated. So it ended, all of this ended in a ritual of bloodshed and then fire when the fair itself burned down. And then a third fire struck it when, um, which supposedly took out the 65 foot golden statue of Columbia. Yeah, that, well, that was set on fire in a, in almost a ritual Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that one, that one is wild in itself because that, and I'll pull, I'll pull up that here. Cause I do have a presentation on that, um, on the world fair that where we, I, I talked about how it ended and, you know, because the fires at the end were amazing because you had four separate fires, right? You had the one, um, Okay. Yeah, you had the one during the fair, which we talked about, which was the uh, the cold storage fire, right? I mean, that one uh, with you know, you see those images of that, and and it evokes like the image of the 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 burn the tarot card with the burning tower, and the people falling, you know, uh, from the tower, and it also evokes the images of nine eleven. By the way, there's you know the people falling out of the tower. It's uh, yes. very iconic. Oh. Oh yeah, I did a whole post on that because I never even realized the connection of the falling man and that. But yeah, you I mean you had four separate fires, again, steel beams, right? Steel frames that were supposedly gone. Um, but yet you look at some of the other photos of of the Chicago from the Chicago fire, the original one in 1871 where these stone cathedrals were burnt down but the trees outside were still standing so it just doesn't make any sense and this one if i go back a couple slides it was almost burnt in 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 order right you had the court of honor which is uh the area down here which was burned first and that was in january 8th 1894 about four three and a half months after the fair closed then come and, and supposedly there's some rumors back and forth about what happened. Supposedly on the July 5th one, there was like a riot. I've read in a couple different places. There was a riot because they didn't want them to destroy the buildings. They oh. wanted to keep them. But the people rioting set the buildings on fire. Which Difficult. is makes total sense, right? If you're, you're fighting to save the buildings, you're going to set the buildings on fire yourself. And then they had people just come and sit and watch the fires too, which, you know, again, it's like kind of like a bad, a bad, uh, like a, not ma- a ritual, right? you know, where they had it burned down. And this, this is what, you know, all of these seven buildings burnt down in one fire on July 5th. Yeah. I mean, I mean just a lot of this really does come across like spellcraft. Yeah. And, and and so the yeah, the, and the lady, she was she was burned and, and I even uh they they wrote a poem about it about the day she was burned. And you know, it was one of those where it was uh yeah, here it is. Just as the sun lifted its fiery head above the Lake Michigan yesterday morning, mechanical engineer Wilder of the South Park system applied a match to the kerosene-soaked fuses leading to the base of the statue of the Republic in Jackson Park. Within five minutes, the interior of the pile, standing a hundred feet above the water in the lagoon, was a mass of flames. 
And 25 minutes later, the charred and blackened skeleton of the once beautiful figure toppled and fell into the water. So it was a ritual. Yeah. And and, and some even said, though, that the original one was made of pure gold mm. or at least gold leafed mm. on the outside. And that there was a switcheroo that happened at some point and somebody came in and took out the actual statue and then uh, swapped in this you know, timber to be, you know, this uh, little incendiary device to come be burned. I mean, I laugh because I'm like, what robber baron has Lady Liberty like in his warehouse somewhere? Or, you know, or courtyard on his island. Yeah, right. Like on his property, he's just got this big giant uh, statue, gold statue. I don't know. Yeah. Um we haven't even gotten into the state buildings and government buildings, but I mean, um, it feels like we're getting close to winding it down, Matt. And I'd, I'd like to close on my end with this, with this quote from H.H. Bancroft about this very thing. One of and our favorite from, scumbags in history. Yeah. Yeah. He's a gem, man. He and, and uh, H.H. Richardson. So, <clears throat> and this is, uh, printed in Howdy Mikowski's book. While the buildings were in process of construction, one could almost realize the colossal proportions of this enterprise. Entering the grounds in the spring of 1892, the visitor beheld such a scene of bustling activity as that which at the founding of Carthage greeted the father of the Roman race when he first set foot on the Punic shores. And yet, it was a silent activity that pervaded this groups of mammoth structures while pillars and walls and domes were rising around him. Here was an army of mechanics with hammer and saw and mallet all plying their tools with the vigor of a true American workman. But amid the wide spaces that separated these huge architectural efforts, the noise was barely perceptible. Then there was an air of unreality about this congregation of edifices so strange in dimensions and design rising as from the touch of a fairy's wand at the bidding of some potent agency there's the magic of it all right the magician's trick it's a fairy wand that just boom and now it's here yeah enter mickey mouse oh man it's it's unbelievable well this is anything else you want to hit on? Cause I, I, I think this is a good place to stop and we can, we can hit on some other buildings another time for sure. Yeah, but- no, absolutely, Matt. I, you know, we've been looking forward to doing this for a long time and I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, we had a very meaningful conversation about these fairs and it definitely is something that uh, warrants more, you know, further investigation and, and, and of a serious, um, of a, of a serious sort, like, you know, a, a sober, Look, because again, this um, the questions around around the fair um, have to be looked at side by side with the questions around, you know, the American cities themselves and uh, how long our cities have actually been here. And, you know, it it it, the entire American narrative is that question, Matthew. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what it boils down to is that we've been told this you know, whitewashed version of American history. And it, the more you, you, like you said, you start pulling on a thread, 
you start seeing, oh, it keeps going. And then there's yeah. another thread and you pull on that one and the fabric just starts to fray. Yeah. Because there's no base to this story. It's it's like they they had this idea in mind of, okay, we're going to recreate Rome part two, but we're going to, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to change the players a little bit, but we have to stick to the script. And, and they have to fit that story in there because this is, you know, the proverbial handing of the torch from the Roman empire over to the, you know, the American empire that was going to take place. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and if, if some of these buildings were there and if American cities go back a lot farther than the storybooks let on, then we had something akin to uh, any, any of the grandeur in Europe here. Yes. And, and then what they did is, you know, they, they they burned it in ritual you know it's what it seems and then they and they use that um shock and you know awe and trauma to roll out their new modern experiment and everything that came with that the industrial society right yeah based on the revolution and they were going to, this is going to be the new chapter in history. This was kind of like the, the opening ceremony, so to speak. Right. Between this and Paris, those two world fairs in Europe and and America were kind of the kickoff of this whole new industrial era that we're, you know, kind of on the tail end of now. Yeah. The opening ceremony. Well put. Well, Matthew, I can't thank you enough, my friend. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, where can they find you? I know you have your YouTube channel. Yeah, Marvelous Old World on YouTube. Um, I've, uh, my architecture work is at dreamdesignbuild.org and uh, at Yurt Designs on Instagram. And uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, much more collaboration, Matt. And uh, you know, we'll see where this conversation heads. Excellent. Always a pleasure, my friend. All right, brother. All right. Well, we will be talking again. Everybody stay strong. Question everything. Their whole purpose throughout history has been to teach a small number of people how to become adept at controlling everyone else. Their goal is to destroy all existing religions, save theirs, all existing governments, save theirs, and shackle the mob in a system of eternal oppressive debt chained to a computer for the rest of their life in a propagandized world to make them believe that they are happy in this system. Now do you think they're succeeding? Haven't I described to you just now exactly what is going on in the world today? Yes, they're succeeding. They're succeeding because the American people don't understand their enemy. They don't even know what's happening. There's a method to their madness. There's really not...